T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. And you know you like it after a win. That's right. Another win. That's two in a row. That's a... That's a winning streak. How about that for your team in maroon and white and black and gold and some shade of burgundy? How about that? Two in a row for the Washington Commanders who took command yesterday versus the Green Bay Packers, even though our kicker still has trouble kicking it through the big H. Washington in the win column, 23-21 over Aaron Rodgers and the Packers, even though you and I both knew that the Packers were going to find the end zone on that 75 lateral play at the end of the game yesterday. We just expected it to happen, and thankfully, for once, it did not happen. Denton Day's on the other side of the glass today. Be nice to him when you call in. Chris Russell's on the other side of the board. I'm talking into microphone number three. Good morning. It's Russell and Medhurst. We are here until noon taking your calls at 301-230-0980. You can hit Chris on Twitter at Russellmania621. Me at Pete Medhurst. Mr. Russell, how are you, sir? Good morning, Pedro. How are you, sir? Hope you had a good weekend. Uh, I know uh, Kelly was ripping it out of the park and uh, doing all sorts of things. I know you were busy doing uh, that stuff, but I was at FedEx Field yesterday, and for the first time since week one, it is a well, it was a victory Sunday for the home squad, and that means it's a victory Monday right here. Um, listen. Couple of things right off the bat. Uh, we'll just we'll touch on kind of the the lurking elephant in the room. There were I counted five. One, two, three. Uh, I'm sorry. One. Uh, yeah. One, two, three, four, five. Five different incidents, fan incidents, um, debacles, what have you. We are going to talk about that stuff more tomorrow. We will maybe mention it, and it might come up on the phone lines today. Today is not about debacles off the field. Today is not about honoring Bruce Allen and winning off the field. No, no. Today is about the Washington Commanders winning a third game of the year, a second in a row, a second home game, beating the Green Bay Packers and the great Aaron Rodgers, a team that has won 13 games – the last three consecutive years, and now has lost more games this year than in any of the last three years. Today is about the Washington Commanders 
Listen, Taking they still have command. <laughs> I'm trying to resist. Um, but it's so funny. I hear that all the time now on, you know, in football vernacular. So maybe they stumbled onto something. But anyway, that different discussion for a different day. This is about the Washington Commanders winning a game that quite honestly, over the first half, they did not deserve to win. In the second half, they absolutely deserve to win. And at this point, we are going to have to settle for, there are no good 60 minutes, for the most part, ever coming from this team. If we could get 40 or 45, you should probably take that as a victory, whether a real victory or a moral victory. Yesterday, you got 30 bad minutes, basically. Limited exception, maybe, for a couple. Yeah, I guess uh, the one drive with Antonio Gibson's touchdown was not was a very good couple of minutes stretch. So maybe not 30 bad minutes, 25 bad minutes, whatever it might be. And then you got 30 really solid minutes on the back end, right? So I don't even know if we got past 40, but it was good enough to get past the Green Bay Packers. And, Pete, I'll throw this one out to you before we start getting into the nitty-gritty of the game. I mentioned this on Twitter last night. If I had told you that after seven games, seven weeks of the NFL season, the Commanders would be three and four, even with as cream cheese soft as the schedule appeared to be, that probably wouldn't surprise you, correct? No. Like if I told you that at the beginning of the season? Correct. All right. Three and four, maybe it would surprise some, but if you were paying attention, it shouldn't surprise anybody that was paying attention. So that's where they are. But if I told you that with that record, they had the same record and now head-to-head advantage over the Green Bay Packers, a team who's won, again, 13 games in each of the last three years, a however you want to break it down, they're three and four. The Rams are three and three. They played one last game. I mean, that could be a loss, could be a win. Let's just say basically an even record with the Rams. The same record as the San Francisco 49ers, the same record as the Atlanta Falcons, um, the same record as the Arizona Cardinals, all of those teams. And again, we're not talking about, like, great foundational teams, but the 49ers were a hair away from the Super Bowl last year. The Atlanta Falcons have overachieved based on their talent under Arthur Smith, Terry Fontenot, and Kyle Smith. The Green Bay Packers have won 13 games in each of their last three years. All right, Arizona's weird and whatever. Who knows what the hell they are? And nobody expected, nobody expected... Um, Seattle to be as good as they are. They're four and three. A lot of people thought they would be lower than three and four at this point. Whatever. Those teams that Washington is now in a bunch with at three and four, and again, including the Rams at three and three, whatever, and now having head-to-head directly over the Green Bay Packers, if you would have told me that at the start of the season, I would have been like, nah, no chance, right? Maybe not so much the pack, the Commanders being three and four, but the 49ers being three and four, the Rams being three and three. All right, maybe you would say Arizona, Atlanta, what have you, but they are in a position now at three and four with wins in their last two, however they got them, where they are 
knocking on the door, knocking on the door mm. of that final playoff spot because because the Rams at three and three right now own that spot. But again, Washington at three and four has played one more game, of course, because the Rams were on by this week. But they're right there. As bad as this season started, well, as bad as this season started to look a month in, they're right there. I mean, it's way too early to to get wrapped up in that type of discussion. Yes, the mathematics right now show uh, that, you know, if the season were to end today, they would be uh, ahead of the Green Bay Packers in yep. the NFC race. And unfortunately, you know, you're talking about a division – that is crazy good right now. I mean, the NFC East is 17 and 3 overall uh with with the top 3 teams. Then you add Washington's 3 wins. That's 20 wins by the NFC East so far through 7 weeks mm-hmm. of the season. Nobody had Seattle leading the NFC West after 7 weeks nope. of the season. You know, Minnesota sitting at 5 and 1. Yeah. You know, I mean, so nobody had the Giants at Six and one. Six I mean, and one. Just a, an incredible start uh, for Brian Dable uh, and that team. And again, a team that just continues to find a way to get done what it needs to get done. Dallas's win wasn't pretty by any stretch of the imagination yesterday. All you have to do is ask Cowboy fans. They'll tell you they were in panic mode in the middle of this game. They wanted they wanted to bring Cooper Rush back in, you know. And eventually, Dallas pulls away in that uh, victory, but. Here's what here's what's happening for Washington for the first time in a while. There's just good feeling in the locker room from a football perspective. Mm-hmm. And that's all that matters. That's all we're talking about today is football. Okay? I don't care about, you know, putting the owner's wife up on the screen and everybody booing and chanting sell the team and, you know, henchmen coming into the stands right. and telling people to take trash bags off and put signs down. We're talking we'll, about football. We'll get to all that. We're talking about football tomorrow. today. From a football perspective, I saw emotional dudes yesterday into what they were doing, celebrating what they were doing. Mm-hmm. I saw the best players bought in to what they were doing. I saw Curtis Samuel being a football player yesterday. Not just a receiver, not just a runner, but a football player yesterday. And we saw the best and worst of Taylor Heineke in the same game. But that's what happens for a guy that hasn't played football. When you're not the starting quarterback, you don't do much in practice, but wear a baseball cap. And look at the leaves turning and talking to Sam Howell going, yeah, did you see ODU won this weekend? Right. And Sam would say, oh, yeah, did you see North Carolina? Drake May's playing really well right now. Those are the conversations that the backup dudes are having while Carson Wentz and the starters are getting set for the next game. But if that is the effort and the improvement you're going to get from Heineke, even from the first half to the second half, you're going to understand why. The Heineke Hive and the Heineke Fan Club, where you can get your membership cards courtesy of Matty Ice when he returns tomorrow. Your digital membership card. You can understand why people get excited about this dude. And while he is not the most physically gifted guy, he has got guts, he has got stones. And for the first time this year, I thought his offensive coordinator used his noodle in the middle of a game and said, hey, there's certain things I got to do with this guy, and it's not necessarily what I normally do, and it works out 
I thought, incredibly well uh, at times with what Scott Turner did with the mix of running the football and getting his quarterback out of the pocket at times, putting the pressure on the defense, giving the defense their you know different looks. And Chris, by far, the throw to Terry McLaurin, his best throw as a professional quarterback. Oh, absolutely. It's not yeah. even close. It's not even close. That, that, that is his best throw as a professional quarterback. And what, what did we talk about? We knew with Heineke coming back to playing quarterback, mm-hmm. they were going to go searching for 17. And he, he was massive at key times in this game uh, for them yesterday. So a, a couple of things. Uh, that throw to Terry McLaurin for the touchdown, which, of course, everybody knows was you know the most important play of that game. Uh, that went 49, uh, where is it? I just had it here. And, of course, my computer is taking a you-know-what. Uh, I think it went 49 and a half yards in the air. I mean, it it, it was only a, what, 38-yard touchdown catch, but 49 and change in the air. So I said on Twitter at the game, so much for the narrative that Taylor Heineke can't throw the deep ball, right? And, of course, a lot of fans got mad at me. Oh, there's one throw. Slow down. Slow down. (laughs) It's It's one throw, right? I was just simply saying in that one sequence, in that one throw, Taylor Heineke was on time. He was in cahoots with Terry McLaurin and beat one of the best corners in the National Football League. Who, by the way, I thought had reasonably good coverage on the play. It's because of the location of the dime and where it was dropped that made that an elite throw and catch by Heineke and McLaurin. Absolutely. And it's okay to compliment somebody and to – it's okay to compliment somebody and also to say, okay, that's not what he does best. That's not his strength. He can occasionally do that, as he did in the loss at Green Bay last year, which was really, now it was windier that day, at Lambeau, but it was really an underthrown ball that Terry kind of circled back for, came back for, outleaped the defender. I think the defender last year was Eric Stokes, I believe. And he caught it for a long touchdown pass. This was... As good of a throw as you're ever going to see Taylor Heineke make. And like you said, Jair Alexander, who got beat, it's not like he did not have good coverage. Terry made his adjustment. Terry found the football. Terry didn't break stride. Air distance, 49.4 yards. Target separation, 1.1 yards. Completion probability, check. What do you think the completion probability, according to Next Gen Stats, was on that particular play? Again, an air distance of 49.4 yards, uh, ultimately a target separation of 1.1 yards, a 37 yard touchdown. That's a pretty damn good guess. 19.8%. Yeah. So, again, what I was trying to point out was. There's this narrative that Taylor Heineke can never stretch the field, can never throw the deep ball. That's not correct. Nobody on this show, I can't control everyone else, nobody on this show ever said that. What we said was not his strength, not something that he does well, not something that if you need that, you should count on it and hang your hat on. 
Carson Wentz is just the opposite. If he has a strength, it's exactly that. If he has weaknesses, which he has many, it's exactly what Taylor Heineke avoided in the second half and on that Antonio Gibson touchdown drive. And here's what I mean by that. And I'll try and go through this quickly. I don't know. I don't know. I can't say for sure. I don't believe and I don't know that Carson Wentz makes those two throws along the boundaries, one on each side, to Terry McLaurin on the commander's final possession, which doesn't get them points, but gets them two critical first downs Mm -hmm. and kills the Packers three timeouts plus the two-minute timeout and leaves them with basically 30 seconds on the clock, no timeouts, no way to stop the clock, and they can't get in position for a game-winning field goal despite the big play at first because Washington stayed aggressive on both second and third down. The first one coming on third down. The next one coming on second down. Terry gets popped along the sideline. But I don't know, quite honestly, I know Carson Wentz has the physical ability to make those two throws, Pete. I don't know if he makes them in those spots. Taylor Heineke, whatever you want to say about Taylor Heineke, and we've said plenty, and we'll say plenty, and 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 Dr. Sabah's having her time, uh, not looking good in the first half, whatever. Whatever you want to say about Taylor Heineke, I don't know if Carson – I don't believe Carson Wentz has that money gene that Taylor Heineke showed us, not only in the entire second half yesterday – but more importantly, on that final commander's drive, which doesn't even equal points. But you know what? The burning of the timeouts and the two first downs to Terry on either sideline were way more important ultimately than points. What we saw yesterday, too, and and you you kind of, because of the lack of targets through a good portion of the first part of the season, we're reminded yesterday of just how elite Terry McLaurin is. Yeah. The yes, the touchdown catch is a is a great catch. It's a well placed dime by Heineke, but the key on that plague that you're talking about on the last drive, where he drives his man down the field, plants the foot, and then comes aggressively back to the ball mm-hmm. to make that catch on that play. You're talking about the second one or yes, the first the thir- one? Right, the, right, the, the second one. Second on, one on, on, on third second down. and no, the first it one got was him a on first down. Right, it yeah. got them the first down, but I think that was on second and nine. The first one, I want to say, was on third and nine, third and ten. Um, and that one, I, I like your point about that because I forgot about it, and he took a lick. Yeah. I mean, he took a pop, held on to it. And- but he, but he, he drove his man well beyond the mm-hmm. marker, mm-hmm. okay? The, how many times do you see it at every level of football, Chris? Mm-hmm. Guys kind of half-ass get to the marker, then come back to the ball, and they're short of the first down. Terry drives his man well beyond the marker. That gives him the room he needs to come back toward his quarterback mm-hmm. and execute the end of the play because that's how you draw it up. You want to drive your guy, but what what is every receiver taught? Come back toward your quarterback to get the ball. Don't stand and wait for it. When you stand and wait for it, too many DBs can get over there late and knock the ball away. But if you come back to the ball, you're walling them off and you're making the catch. And it's detailed things that separate the elite pass catchers, the elite players, 
from the average players or the very good players. So little detailed things yesterday that are more magnified in a victory remind us of why they paid Terry McLaurin the money, how he earned the money, I'll give you another... and why he's such a good player. Yeah, sorry. I, I'll give you another little detail. On the first of the two first down catches on that final drive, what does he do? Not the same route, not the same situation that you're describing and you're dead on, but he stays in bounds. Yeah. On the, on the first first down conversion of that drive, which was, again, on third and... Uh, third and nine, right? Third and nine, 12 yards, and they uh, ran that play, uh, again, third and nine from the Washington 44 with 213 left. And he stays in bounds. Now, here's what I didn't remember. Washington. On that third and nine, wasn't that the one he got knocked out of bounds with 206? That was the one he got knocked out of bounds at the 206 mark. Uh, then there's another play that I'm for, um, because because there's, uh, uh, there's another play that I'm Amin, thinking about that he Adam stayed Amin in balance. Adam kept making a big deal about it because he because uh, Washington can't run the clock fully out now because you know McLaurin was knocked out at the two oh six oh. mark right before the two minute warning. Okay, so oh he, he, you know what here uh, here here's what it was the second the second and I'm sorry the second and six my bad the second and six McLaurin left flat. Heineke, 14 yards, and forces, because he stays in bounds, Green Bay is forced to use timeout yeah, number right. one. So they get the – I'm sorry, I was reading the wrong play. Uh, it was the second and six that I was talking about where he stays in bounds, forcing Green Bay to use their first timeout. Then the third and nine, which is the pet play that you're talking about. But then for uh, for whatever reason – and I didn't remember this. I guess in the you know, and, and I'm doing CBS Sports updates, so uh, I was I could have been on the air at this point. I can't remember, but Washington uses a timeout there. Either way, my point being is on that second and six, the first first down of that sequence after they take over at 3:26 left after Rodgers and Green Bay scores the touchdown to make it 23-21 and Green Bay has all three of their timeouts and the 2 minute break mm-hmm. and you think, "Oh, th- th- this one if they don't convert a first down here, Aaron Rodgers is going to go down, Mason Crosby is going to, you know, get an easy kick and the Commanders are going to lose 24-23." And I got to tell you, after Rodgers hit the pass to Sammy Watkins, yes. I'm like, oh my well, well, yeah, goodness! Well, yeah, but but even before that, what I'm saying is, is when that possession started with 3:26 left, Pete, they needed at least two first downs. Mm-hmm. They needed at least two first downs because Green Bay still had three of their timeouts and the two minute break, and for Terry to stay in bounds there and force them to use one of their timeouts to conserve time was key because, again, to your point, at the very end of the game, now maybe they would have used it anyway, I don't know, but if Terry goes out of bounds there, they don't use a timeout, so maybe they have one timeout left. If they have one timeout left, they don't have to spike it after Sammy Watkins gets almost 30 in the middle of the field, and they have more time to play with, and maybe, possibly, who knows, Mason Crosby hits a long-distance field goal. Now, Mason Crosby's got more gray hair than I do. I mean, my and he's goodness. been a little erratic, and he's been the erratic. Last couple of Absolutely, uh, I, he was really gray. I, I like yeah. he walked right past me in the Green Bay Tunnel. Really gray. I was like, well, he's like thirty seven or thirty. I know, but I mean, I'm forty nine, and right. I've got well, you know get, some gray highlights. I mean, I 
Yeah, but just uh, saying. Maybe Alan Lapore needs to work on getting a just for just men for deal men? for you Perhaps. and Mason Crosby. Perhaps I would take it. Um, I would do it. Although my hair is one of the only things on my body that is actually like halfway decent looking. So I'll just I'll just leave it at that. Anyway, my point being is, if Terry goes out of bounds on that first first down of that last drive, they don't use one of their timeouts. Now, again, maybe they use it in another different way. I don't know. But my point being is Terry being situationally aware, like you said, on on the third down catch, he drives, comes back, makes it an easier throw for Heineke, shields off the defender, and then gets knocked out of bounds. Fine. Okay, good. But it's the little things that matter. And it's sometimes the little things that win games. All right, 301 Your thoughts on the details out there today. Washington has won two in a row. That's right, football. We don't care about the ancillary stuff today. It's all about the football. And how about this? Remember coming into the season, what was the number one thing we talked about? Defense getting better on third down. Yesterday, they held Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers for the first time ever in his career to zero on third down conversions yesterday in that game. Give Washington all the credit and give Jack Del Rio, the man you wanted to run out of town after the first couple of weeks, give him and his defense credit. They have stepped up their play in the most important category where they were so bad last year at almost 48% this year, getting it done on third down. And the team has a winning streak going on to Indianapolis. 301-230-0980. Your opinions now. Jay Gruden joins us in touchdown at 10 to go over the commander's win and around the league. All that and more between now and noon right here. It's Russell and Medhurst on the Team 980 and streaming live for free. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know the bigger the fight, better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. On the Odyssey app. 301-230-0980. That's how you get to us here on a Wednesday. Denton Day taking your calls. Be nice to him when you call in. You know, outside of the everybody's going to be nice today. It's a victory uh, Monday, right? You know, some people no. are jackasses, no matter what kind okay. of day it is. Yeah, that's fair. You know, they just work. They just wake up every day, 
with the goal of being a jackass to everyone. That's fair. You know, there are some people like that that we come across uh, in our lives that no matter what will always be uh, a, a jackass. So, I mean, you can be a positive time. In fact, sometimes you're going to have people that are jealous of Washington's success. Mm. They're like Aaron Rodgers? They're gonna, oh, dude. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's it is one. It is a it is a great picture, the shot of Aaron Rodgers yeah. laying face down oh. on the field yesterday, oh, yeah. and you know I look at him and Tom Brady right now, and Tom threw 49 passes yesterday, and it's not that physically Tom Brady doesn't look the part. If Mike Evans catches a ball yesterday where he's you know he's wide open from here to you know Clinton, mm-hmm. and he drops the ball, maybe if he catches that ball, it, Tampa has a whole different feeling about right. itself yesterday. But when you watch legends at this point in their career mm-hmm. struggling, it's tough to watch because our 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 brain functions with every time you mention the name Aaron Rodgers, we think greatness. Tom Brady, we think greatness. Neither gentleman right now is experiencing anything close to that yesterday. I mean, mm-hmm. and how 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 epic is it that yesterday our last memory is Aaron Rodgers on the last play of the game throwing a cross field pass to a freaking offensive lineman. Oh my gosh. I mean, and, it's and skipping it. Oh, I mean just you know our 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 brain is taught, all right, he's going to throw that ball into the end zone and then you know as they're lateraling it 60 times, you know, just the ball going through an offensive lineman's legs and out of bounds and Aaron laying on yeah. the field and the Washington football team responsible for Aaron Rodgers in that moment laying on the field face down, left to ponder three and four, and as he mouthed over to their bench at one point, so it was so well caught on TV. What are we doing? Yeah. I this, think there, I think there was an F bomb in, involved in that. I as don't well? think so. No, 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 okay. no, no. It was it was clean. Oh, okay. It was clean. All he right. didn't he didn't drop the F bomb. That's what I saw on Twitter, obviously. Yeah, I couldn't didn't see wanna, the TV. Nope, don't want to indict. Okay. I, I read his lips perfectly. Okay. But it's tough to watch, and right now I bet it's even tougher for him to experience. Sure. But also at the same time, Jack and Ron have not sat around. If you're playing mediocre football, we're not going to play you if we have if we have someone else that can come in and play. Right. Washington has St. Juice, so they can sit William Jackson. Yeah. They don't have those options at linebacker, yet it seems as if over the past three or four weeks we've seen, you know, incremental improvement for both Holcomb and Jamin Davis yes. at the linebacker spot. So you haven't had to get desperate to make a move at that position because they seem to be improving, mm-hmm. whereas for whatever reason, William Jackson was just not improving no. at that position. So they didn't sit around. They have done things much better on defense. And yesterday, you know, they they made, after the first half there where the offense didn't help them a whole lot, they really made life, you know, difficult for the most part, especially in the second half uh, of that game, and did not allow. Once Washington kind of got command of the game, they, they took command. They, did, they didn't necessarily let Green Bay immediately back into this right. thing and give Green Bay a, a legitimate chance to think they could win the game. Real quickly before we go to the calls, I thought their tackling for the most part was pretty cool. Was pretty good all throughout. I mean, a couple of missed tackles. Wild Goose missed one, maybe two. I can't remember. Um, you know, we'll, we'll get to the penalties uh, on that. F- second to last Green Bay drive, all that. I thought their tackling, for the most part, was solid. I think they're snuffing out, realizing that Aaron Rodgers took one deep shot in the first half, and it was an incomplete, and it was a a bad overthrow, quite honestly. And it would have been called back anyway because of a Green Bay penalty. Mm -hmm. 
and then did not take a, a deep shot of any sort until, again, that final sequence of the game, Sammy Watkins over the middle of the field. And I don't even know if you would consider that a deep shot, but it was an explosive play. It was a big-time play of 20-plus yards. Even like the Aaron Jones second touchdown on the boot left, which is his unnatural side to boot, and he threw a dart, I think was over Kendall Fuller, but I could be wrong on that. Uh, Whoever it was had tight coverage all the way down at the other end of the field, and Aaron Jones made a great throw. It was a great throw by Aaron Rodgers. There was literally no threat from the Green Bay Packers, especially once they lost Lazard. Not that Lazard is a stretch-the-field artist by any means, but Sammy Watkins coming back. No David Bakhtiari, their uh, stud at left tackle. When he's healthy, the problem is he hadn't been healthy for the last two years. Like, there was no threat. And Aaron Rodgers dealing with a thumb injury. There was no threat for them to go deep. I kept waiting for it, especially against this defense, which gives up big plays like they're handing out candy to kids on Halloween. And they couldn't, they didn't even try outside of the one time in the first half on the deep incompletion, which even if it would have been caught, and it wouldn't have been, it was called back for a penalty. And again, everybody defines big-time plays and explosive plays, whatever, a little bit differently. I understand they made a couple of big plays late in those last two drives. Got it. They took away everything deep. And Green Bay never adjust. They never counterpunched. Whether it was Washington just playing soft, two deep safeties over the top and saying, okay, we'll give you a little something, but we're not going to give you those big plays over the top. Whatever it was, and maybe it's the combination, Pete, of Rodgers having no weapons and a bad thumb and no protection and, and so no on and so forth. And no confidence in those confidence. weapons. Yeah, I don't know. But the bottom line is, Green Bay did not try and take advantage of what Washington does worse, well, which is allowing big time explosive. He had plays. the one ball to Amari Rodgers that he just that that Rodgers outstretched hands got on it, but couldn't quite haul it in. I um, think that's the one that I'm talking about because that's that's right? the I thought one, that was I mean, more of an overthrow than that. Yeah, but may, but maybe Rodgers did get his hands on it, okay. but as he tumbled over. Uh, obviously couldn't uh, complete the catch in that situation. Amari was actually a really good receiver at Clemson. Yeah. He was part of that group that came along there with Higgins and Ross and Hunter Renfro all at one time uh, there with the uh, with the Clemson Tigers and Deshaun Watson and Trevor Lawrence back-to-back there. So, you know, I, I mean, I think Amari Rodgers might end up, uh, you know, stepping up here. The question ultimately, though, Gotta is... Gotta catch punts. Yeah, yeah well, that's true. Uh, huge uh, gaffe there. But where... You know, I mean, are these two teams, is it is it too early to say that these are two teams maybe heading in opposite directions right now? Because how does, I mean, Washington seems to be on the uptick, and I don't care what you say. A locker room is galvanized uh, around players. Every time Taylor Heineke plays in a football game, that freaking locker room yeah. galvanizes behind that guy. Well, th- th- I mean, that's a whole different conversation, too, uh, that will weave in here. They abs- they believe in him because he shows no fear. Because he doesn't, like, cower. And I'm not saying that Carson Wentz did. But Taylor Heineke, to say he's one of the dudes, one of the guys... Look, again, he's got his limitations. But they like the spunk. They always have liked the spunk. They like the fact that he doesn't... It seems like he can just 
block off a terrible throw to Devondre Campbell, who steps in front of J.D. McKissick in the right flat. Yeah. And, it I, I, again, a mistake you cannot make. It, it, he, like, he got popped, and it should have gone – I mean, it did – in real live time, if not for Eric Stokes' penalty, Washington doesn't win that game because that's another pick – or not a pick six, but a return six. I mean, he shakes all this crap off and somehow, not all the time, but a lot of the time, gets off the mat and keeps punching. He's like he's like the boxer that is outweighed by 20 pounds and maybe by reach by a couple of inches – and just finds a way to keep surviving and fighting and clawing and scratching and extends the bout to a 12-round full go or, you know, back in the olden days where they used to go 15 rounds, which sounds incredible. Um, that's what he is. And and athletes, and you know, athletes and coaches like that. They they Like, you might not be the most talented guy, but you maximize every ounce of juice you've got. Well, and I mean, that's what Tim that, and that's, that's just it right yeah. there. If Taylor makes a mistake, it's because he made it going 150 miles an hour and was trying to do something to help win the game. What I thought, though, was great yesterday was the fact that Ron and Scott Turner allowed him to try and win the game. They played. Not in the first half. No, but the second half. the second half. At the most crunch time of the game, they allowed him to play to win the game. The game. Let's get Watson here from Landover up first this morning. What's up, Watts? Uh, hang on. I can't read. Uh, it's line one, Chris. Oh, there it is. <laughs> up okay. at the top. It's the top of well, the screen. Yeah. Well, it says Aaron in D.C. So oh, that's, well, I've got that's Watts a... from Landover okay. on my screen. Well, I don't know who it is. Is this Aaron Rodgers in D.C. or no? <laughs> no, it, this is uh, Aaron. No. Okay. So I, I think Washington. Can you guys hear me? Yeah, gotcha. Okay, good. All right, so I, I think Washington and Scott Turner kind of deserve a, a lot of credit for the offensive game plan, how they were moving the ball around, how they were creative, how they were focusing on the running game. Um, I also I, I disagree with some of the callers about wanting to see Gibson get the ball more. I kind of look at Robertson as being like a, a hammer and Gibson being the chisel. So I think as the season goes on, we're going to need to get – you know, 30 to 35 carries out of the running back position. And I think Uh-oh. Aaron got, got hit, hit by the 15 minute monster. Aaron's point to Aaron's point, And I think it's a good one. You've got a guy coming off, getting shot in the leg. Okay. You have another guy that back in preseason had a fumble after having a couple of highly magnified fumbles a year ago. Mm-hmm. I thought the use of them yesterday was Great pretty mix. damn good Great by mix. Scott and, Turner. And don't forget, like for everybody that wants more Antonio Gibson, I got it. 10 of 59 as a receiver, 3 of 18 on four targets. Don't forget, if you also want him to be a kick returner, and he was damn good in that role yesterday, a 32-yarder, which they wasted, I think a 26-yarder and a 21-yarder, and he averaged 26 per return, on an anemic kick return unit all year long and in the preseason. Just dreadful for the first nine games of this year. Six regular season, three preseason. If you want that, you can't expect Antonio Gibson to give you what he gave you. Granted, he only had 18 total touches or whatever it was between the kick returns, the pass catches, and the runs. But if you want him to stay fresh, remember, he's been banged up 
each of his first two NFL seasons. People forget that. He dealt with the toe in year one and the shin and other things in year two, in addition to the fumbles. Keep him fresh and and let him help you in three different ways, Pete. Yeah, I mean, 166 yards on the ground uh, yesterday. Uh, to me, that's that's a that's a fantastic number against a good defense. It's good defense. Yeah, it's good defense. They know they know what they're doing over there. Oh yeah, and you got 166 uh, on the ground against them. Plus, you went seven of 16 on third down in the contest. So you kept the ball, you kept the chains moving, and you had 37 minutes of time of possession. If there was one, if there was one hiccup yesterday. It was the fact that they were only one for four in the red zone. And you've got to find a way to execute better in the red zone. So that game is not, you know, uh, still in the balance uh, with uh, a minute to go in the game. You've got to, you, this game should have been salted away if Washington could have maximized their red zone opportunities. 3012300980. More of your calls next. Jay Gruden coming up in touchdown at 10 to analyze this game and go around the league with us as he does each and every Monday. Right now, Chris has our first trending in the morning. All right, indeed. The Packers have now lost three in a row. Aaron Rodgers has never won a regular season game at FedEx Field after yesterday. Taylor Heineke, who grew up, of course, a Green Bay Packers fan, won along with the Commanders, 23-21 to 21 in come-from-behind fashion. The Commanders were down 20, uh, 14-3 at one point. It could have even been worse than that. Ultimately, they got a couple of breaks along the way and made some breaks, and they are now winners of two in a row. And back to three and four, heading to Indianapolis for a death match with Jim Irsay and Dan Snyder next Sunday at 425, or this Sunday, I should say, at 425. Meanwhile, we have Monday Night Football for you tonight right here on the Team 980. It is the New England Patriots. Will Bailey Zappi be a quarterback, or is Mac Jones going to be back? Looks like Matt Jones against... Justin Fields and the Chicago Bears pregame coverage at 7.30 right here on the Team 980 and the Odyssey app. And they await bad news in New York. The Jets, so good. Such a great story. Defense all over the place. Another win in Denver. But Brees Hall uh, apparently tore his ACL. We will see what happens with that as we await official word there. And that's what's trending. I don't know if this is the Karma Bowl or not coming up this week. But Washington with a chance to get back to 500 and win three in a row with a game coming up at Indianapolis this week. I wonder if Dan will attend. Oh, he'll go. I mean, Ursay can't lock him out of the building. But I said last night on Twitter, some people seem to like it and get the reference. You know, the pregame festivities would be Dan Snyder versus Jim Irsay in a hell in a cell. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, just 60, 60 Ursay, minutes. You want 60 minutes? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Irsay went off again. Uh, well, off strong uh, to Jay Glazer. I mean, he's yeah. not backing down. No. Like, it's very clear that there's bad blood between the two. But Irsay, and again, today is not a conversation for this. We'll do more of this, obviously, during the week. But Ursay is making it very, 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 very clear that Dan Snyder can run around with all his lawyers and all his stupid statements. Guess what? He's going to do just the opposite. And whether he's carrying the doing the dirty work for Roger, who's got no spine, or for the other owners who are not willing to do so and have no spine as well, Jim Ursay doesn't give up. You know, and it's so interesting that those two teams face off. 
this week? The, the ultimate would be Washington to win the game. Dan walking onto the field at the end of the game and doing a flying elbow <laughs> drop on the Colts helmet logo in the middle of the field. <laughs> I was thinking I was I was <laughs> Do thinking, it, Dan. I was thinking Do that it. Dan was gonna find Ursay and somehow in the uh you know, I don't know Tunnel. if Ur- I don't think Ursay comes down to the field, neither does Dan. But somehow that they would both majestically come down to the sideline, you know, tight game. Washington wins, and Dan would like run over like, to the other sideline to shake hands well, with him. No, Dan would would meet him at like you know at, at the Colts logo and just give him a a, a kick in the onions, <laughs> you know, and then maybe pile drive. I love in, it into the turf. Slider pile drives are say. Oh my! One, two, three! Ding, 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 ding! Line one. Junior's in Fort Meade. What's up, Junior? Good morning, fellas. What's up, Junior? Listen, uh. Good morning, Chris. Chris, you describe Washington's wins like I would describe your love life. Yeah, you scored, but you were the last guy standing there on ladies' night. Doesn't matter. Yeah, you scored, Doesn't matter. Yeah. Doesn't matter, Junior. Doesn't matter, Junior. If you're over there at Cancun Cantina by Fort Meade and you're the last dude. (laughs) You're the last dude walking out with, you know, Country, I'm not saying I've girl, never been that last Country dude, girl with the but. boots on. <laughs> Cavs might be a little slightly bigger than yours in those cowboy boots, but you're taking her little, home, Junior. A little bit hairier chin than mine. Yeah, we've all been there. Look, I get it. <laughs> yeah, you scored, but uh, as far as Taylor Heineke goes, uh, this team, I don't, I don't understand why this team plays so motivated when he's in there. I get that he's never give up YOLO type of player, but when Carson Wentz is in there, they just look dead all the time. Offense, defense, they just look dead. I don't, I'm not sure how you can quantify what he does on the field, but this looks to me like, I don't know how they, even if they lose, two of the next three games. I don't know how you can go back to Carson Wentz when a team gets up to play for a quarterback like that. Um, everybody thinks that Sam Howell has the qualities, the physical qualities of uh, Taylor Heineke. He can run around. He can throw. He's got a little bit stronger arm. Uh, but I'm not sure how you can go back to any other quarterback right now if this team is playing as hard as they do for a guy like that. They are going to go back to Carson Wentz unless Heineke is 3-1 and one or 4-1, and one, depending on how many games Wentz misses, period. Yeah, And, and they're, he, going to, they're going to do it. I understand that because Ron Rivera doesn't want to look like he made a mistake. Yeah. But everyone sees it. Everyone saw it. He yeah. made a mistake. I was going to Carson Wentz bandway. I wanted him to succeed. I thought he would be an upgrade. I think a lot of people did, but he's just not. He he physically he just can't do it anymore. He can't move around. They don't have the offensive line to protect him. I how can you go back to that? It, even if he goes loses two of the next three games, how do you go back when everybody on the team seems to play better and seems to want to play for Taylor Heineke? Good call, Junior. Appreciate always, you, Junior. You. We'll get David from Washington in here before Jay Gruden coming up top of the hour. What's up, David? Hello, how hey, are you? What's going on, Dave? Listen, uh, I, I never heard uh, you're talking about the ter- uh, third conversion with the Haneke. How, how many conversions he had at the third? Uh, oh, on third down, uh, you mean? Comp- 
Yes, third down. Right. Yeah, no, no. We, you're we right. We, seven we, of 16 as a team. They I mean, were we, third we down. Didn't, haven't really gotten de- detailed in on that, but they were 0 of 4 to start on third down, including the pick six. That came on third down as well. And then they were 7 of 12 after that throw, after that terrible, terrible mistake. And that's what bought them that, or that's what won them that game, ulti- or one of the things that won them that game, including. Three third-down conversions on the Antonio Gibson drive. Two third ones, and then the Gibson touchdown, which was a really nice design on like a switch scissors route uh, in the red zone. That was on third and eight. So, yeah, third downs. I, I mean, listen, third downs, time of possession, and running the football. Those are and the and the big play to Terry McLaurin were the four things on offense that won them that game. Right, and also, you know, you shouldn't expect. That Haneke coming after all of this is sitting at the side, do the best in the first quarter or second quarter. You're right. Just give the guy time, and then, you know, he see what he can. And also, with Haneke, I think the whole mode of the team is changing. Uh, it's so much excitement, and everybody wants to play for him. You're, and I think he's right. going to win more games. You're, you're right. Appreciate you, man. Thank you. Uh, Jay Gruden coming up, so we'll get back to more calls on the other side. That is one area. Listen, they started out house on fire in first two games on third down, Pete. We've talked all last week about how they struggled then against Dallas and Philadelphia and how they just hit rock bottom 3 of 22 against Tennessee, even though they moved the football in that game, and against Chicago. And then they were 3 of 26 over a nine-quarter stretch. And from that point on, they were 7 of 12. And that's what allows you to control the football for 37 minutes. That's what allows you to keep your defense rested and to keep Aaron Rodgers off the field so that Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers only had, what was it, uh, 10, I guess it was 10 total possessions. And it really wasn't 10 total. It was like 9 and change. 301-230-0980. Jay Gruden joins us next for Touchdown at 10 right here on the Team 980 and streaming live for free on the Odyssey app. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.